are listening to Community Voices on NPR Illinois. Today we are joined again by the Illinois Symphony Orchestra and we're talking about the upcoming concert Star Wars and Beyond the Best of John Williams. I'm Vanessa Ferguson and joining me is the conductor of that concert, Vince Lee, and the director of marketing and communications at the ISO, Beth Wakefield. Thank you both for being here. Hi, thanks for having us. Well, we are so excited about this concert. I've been telling my friends, you got to come hear this music. It's just going to be so amazing. And so, Vince, we're going to let you talk to us for a little while. And could you maybe start off by telling us a little bit about you? We'd like to learn about you. We know that you've studied at Juilliard and you've been a conductor at so many wonderful orchestras, but we'd like to have you tell us a little bit about all that. Oh, goodness. Well, to try to put it in a tiny little nutshell, as small as possible, I started piano when I was age five, and I actually asked for piano lessons for my fifth birthday. So as a kid, I went to a performing arts school. I did lots of theater work, radio commercials, a few TV commercials, but was also active in piano. When I made my debut at age 13, conducting the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra, it was like a little shtick thing with me in a cowboy outfit, conducting a little like hoedown country music thing. But there was an error in the music that I caught, and I caught from memory. And that one little accidental moment, that mistake in the music, ended up leading to an entire mentorship in conducting. And I guess conducted the Cincinnati Symphony uh, seven times in six years as a kid. So I already had this running start in conducting. Also, my performing arts school started at age 14. If a teacher would be sick, instead of having us have study hall, they would have me come in and take the class. So I was working with you know, bands, orchestras, and choirs from age 13 and 14. So I was very lucky to get a lot of hands-on experience. So then did the college thing, Indiana University and Juilliard, both of which were very complementary to each other in terms of, I guess, what I needed as a musician and just as a person to grow. And then my very first audition was with my hometown orchestra, the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra. It was pure coincidence. And that's, I guess, where all the official trouble (laughs) started. So, but yes, so I've been active as a conductor. Of course, I speak about this all the time where I have one foot firmly planted in the classical symphonic world. Again, a big part of my heart and head is there. And at the same time, going back to when I was a kid, I have the other foot very much in the popular world, from music theater to soundtrack film scores to R&B and rap. That's also, I guess, a very big part of my life, and I wouldn't have it any other way. You are speaking my language today. I subscribe to that. <laughs> I appreciate classical music, but also love that popular stuff too. And and how cool is it that you found a, a mistake in the music as a kid? I wish I could have been there to to see that moment where you're like, um, excuse me. <laughs> This is wrong. <laughs> I'm so glad you shared that with us because like like you said, it's just one little moment can inspire us for a lifetime. And, and you know, something that else is really inspiring is the music of John Williams. And I know a lot of people have stories about the first time they saw a Star Wars film in the theater. And so there's a, there's a big love there. And so you're bringing us a, a bunch of John Williams music in this concert that many of us love. Can you kind of talk us through each of the pieces that we're gonna be hearing in that concert? Sure thing. So uh, this is something I often say when it comes to programming a John Williams concert. The hardest thing, without a doubt, is picking what not to play. Oftentimes, especially up until maybe five years ago, almost every John Williams concert you would see all over the world would be 90 to 95% the same. And of course you have the big hits that everybody knows. You have E.T., you've got the theme from Star Wars, you've got Indiana Jones, 
But you also have Superman and Jurassic Park and Jaws and Close Encounters from the Third Kind, and we aren't even getting to the 2000s era. And so unless you have a seven-hour concert, you are going to have to skip a lot of things. And so then it's a matter of what sort of concert you want to design, how you want the concert to flow, and especially because four years ago, you know, I, I did the first ever John Williams, all John Williams concert with the, uh, with the Illinois Symphony. Big success, and as I always like to share, it's the second best-selling concert that they've ever done. Uh, the first was an Abraham Lincoln <laughs> theme show. <laughs> so we can't beat Lincoln in the land of Lincoln yet. But I didn't, of course, want to do you know, the same concert that we had done four years ago. And so there's really so much to choose from. So in terms of the design of this show, the, the essential theme is the first half is mostly you know, like the big hits and favorites, uh, the pieces that everybody knows for the most part. And then the second half, we have a combination of Star Wars stuff with some things that people might not be as familiar with. And, uh, you know, thinking about the work uh, I've done with the Illinois Symphony, the spectacular Brahms concert we did just a few months ago, the second half, the non-Star Wars stuff has a very uh, sort of symphonic flair. We're doing uh, music from the movie War Horse, which doesn't really get played all that often. And if you, I guess, have a meter that measures, you know, like the John Williams meter from if a 10 is the most popular stuff uh, that he wrote and a one is the most like, like crunchy art music type stuff that he, he wrote. This is a lot more on the art music vein. And uh, when you hear a, a program like this released, uh, uh, my goal in making a program like this is to show like the breadth of styles that John Williams encompassed or has encompassed over the course of his career. So with that said, in the first half, we've got you know, Jurassic Park and Harry Potter, uh, the Raiders of the March from Raiders of the Lost Ark, and we close with E.T. So again, a lot of these big themes uh, that people know and love and have known for decades. But also in that first half, uh, we have what I consider to be John Williams' best unknown score or little-known score, and that comes from the movie Far and Away. That was a... Uh, Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman <laughs> movie that they did. But the music is absolutely spectacular. And it's something I talk about a lot where John Williams, more than just about any other composer in history, is able to encompass like a feel, a theme, or a genre. And in this case, where he's not writing Irish music, but he's writing music that has, you know, Irish themes and an Irish feel. And he doesn't do it in a like a disrespectful or sort of like a half-cocked sort of way. I mean, he incorporates that in his own style, and it's really masterful what he's able to do. So we have Far and Away that happens right before we do the music from E.T. And then some of my personal favorite music that John Williams has done has to do with the music that he's written either for America as a country or for the Olympic Games. So we're starting with his Liberty Fanfare. It's one of my favorite pieces to conduct of his. He wrote that for the rededication, the reopening of the Statue of Liberty after they had done the renovations a few decades ago. And then we're opening the second half with what used to be, I think, my favorite John Williams piece as a kid, and that's his Olympic fanfare that he wrote for the 1984 Games in Los Angeles. So he's done so much music over the course of his career, but I think this program really finds the right balance of having like so many of the great favorites everybody knows, music that people definitely won't know, which might become one of their favorites, and then, of course, uh, the Star Wars segment to finish us off at the end. So it's such a fun program, and to be able to feel it and hear it live is the difference maker. Like, uh, John Williams, uh, his movie 
orchestras were bigger than just about any soundtrack orchestra that you'd find. You know, huge brass, a lot of horns in particular because he loves the horn. And his music is meant to be experienced. And so if you're not, if your home theater is not like IMAX quality in terms of huge, like, like floor to ceiling speakers, you've got to come to this concert to feel what this music sounds like. It'll be one of the most exciting concerts experience that you've ever had. Oh, I so agree with that. I, I, I want to hear and feel the music at the concert. I'm so excited to attend. I'm trying to encourage my friends and my family. I bought my parents tickets to go see it. And I think what people may not understand is that these movies that you love, that you have such a connection with, you love them because of the music. It, it, it's not just the film, because without the music, the film is not. I mean, hello, I love Star Wars, but it's like a space opera. It's just not exciting <laughs> without the soundtrack. But maybe could you talk to us a little bit about the brilliance of those of those soundtracks that he's created for these films? It's interesting. If you go to any site that shows you the filmography of John Williams or any movie composer for that matter, most film composers are cranking out soundtracks left and right. You have very few composers who reach sort of that top echelon where you can write two soundtracks a year and, and be paid huge amounts of money for it. And you look at John Williams' early career, like most movie composers, he's cranking out for anything. You know, It doesn't matter what the movie is, he'll do the music for it. But then something that changed the world of film the world of music, American culture in general, was his collaboration with Steven Spielberg, where they've done so many great movies together. And when you develop that sort of close relationship with a director, or it could be the screenwriter, anybody involved with the movie, where your musical choices are being incorporated into the film and the direction of the film, and vice versa. And almost like imagine if you take a ballet composer, take Stravinsky's Firebird, rather than Stravinsky writing this ballet, the choreographer hearing it, and then designing the choreography around it, if the composer and choreographer collaborated, and the choreographer said, well, these are some things I want to do movement-wise. And so a lot of these great film scores that John Williams did was in collaboration with Steven Spielberg. And so he was able to actually craft things, knowing how maybe it would be a character design, where he gets a sketch of an Ewok which inspired his music that we're actually doing at this concert, the theme, the March of the Ewoks. So that's a big part of why John Williams' music is so particularly effective is because of that close relationship. And, and you hear that. You hear sort of that love and care in everything that he wrote. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to hear the Star Wars theme, but I think I'm most excited to hear that Jurassic Park theme yeah. because that scene in the film when they turn their heads and see these giant dinosaurs, it's just nothing without that music underneath it. And I'm I'm so excited. I can't tell you how yes, excited I yes. am. <laughs> so they're still making Jurassic Park movies because if anything makes money at the box office, they're going to keep doing it. You know, we will see Star Wars 20. Dis Disney will make sure there will be a Star Wars 20 about 15 years from now, maybe. But you hear in the modern Jurassic Park movies, you'll hear that theme come in. Dee -da -dee -da -da. And, and I mean, just your heart as a movie fan, the way that feels when you hear that, uh, that theme, I mean, it shows the power of music. And, and actually, for anyone who's watched the latest Star Wars trilogy, especially the final Star Wars movie, near the very end of the movie, and I don't want to give any spoilers, so I don't want to say what has happened 
in the movie. But near the very end, when all the ships have landed and all the people are sort of celebrating, so I guess that is a spoiler. It is a celebratory ending. The theme that's called Luke and Leia, it's from the third original Star Wars movie. Uh, it's one of my favorite things that John Williams wrote. It's just this beautiful, crunchy, magical, beautiful piece of music, which we're doing in the second half of, of our show coming up in March. That theme, having not been played at all in the entire movie, comes in at that one moment at the very end of the movie. And the meaning of that theme in that moment, I'm not lying to you, I wept like a baby. Like when I heard that, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and, and, and then like, and, and generally I'm not somebody that's like, like that's moved to tears by a movie, but that theme coming at that, I mean, darn John Williams, he knew exactly what he was doing <laughs> by he putting did. that theme there. And for people that know his music, and know that that theme is the Luke and Leia theme. I mean, forget about it. And, and and music is the only thing that has the power to do something like that without words at all. You know, people that know this music that have a close connection to some of these movies to hear and feel it live. You know, I I, I can't wait. I cannot wait either. And so let's kind of tell people now how they can go about attending that concert, when it is, how they get tickets. And Beth, do you want to jump in and, and give us that information? Sure. The concert's on March 10th at the UIS Performing Arts Center. You can get all of the details on the concert, the time, at ilsymphony.org. I, I feel like I need to come dressed up. I'm going to have a lightsaber, a <laughs> wand, I don't know, maybe some dinosaur shirt. I don't know what I'm going to wear. But this is just going to be total nostalgia. And again, you really can't experience this on your couch. Even that Star Wars theme, I remember being in, in the theater and just feeling like I was hit with a wave of sound as the movie starts. Now, I remember my dad said that was a very special moment. I didn't know they were going to make like 10,000 more of those movies and everybody else was going to get that experience. But it's still very, very cool and there will be nothing like it than having a, a live orchestra do it. So I encourage people to go. Before we let the two of you go, though, Anything that I didn't ask you about that you wanted to share today or any final message you'd like to leave us with? There will be some pre-concert activities um, that will start at 6.30 for um, kids. We're working with the Springfield Youth Performance Group and there are always little fun activities for kids in the lobby. Hopefully we'll have some dress characters, but we're definitely encouraging anyone in the audience to come dressed as their favorite character, whether it's from Harry Potter, or Jurassic Park, or Indiana Jones, Star Wars. You're welcome to do that. Four years ago, one of the best things about the concert was to see all of these families and all these kids dressed up as their favorite, could be Star Wars characters or other John Williams movie characters, and just the atmosphere in the lobby the hour before the concert, it was so much fun. So this is the type of thing where you can bring your kids, you know, bring somebody who maybe doesn't necessarily go to live concerts that often. If you've wanted to introduce somebody to a live orchestra concert, this is the one to go to. I am so glad you both said that because you remind me that, you know, one of the best things I think my mom ever did for me was to take me to the Illinois Symphony Orchestra's Halloween Pops when I was a kid and it had such an effect on me that, hey, I'm not a musician, but I have this appreciation and it was such a wonderful memory and I think having kids come and experience that live orchestra is just such a profound experience for those at a young age and, and there's nothing 
nothing like it. And what better one to start off with than Star Wars and Jurassic Park and Harry Potter and Indiana Jones. This is just going to be so much fun. I'm I'm in a dilemma on trying to decide what to wear. I'm probably going to have to do a costume change every time the music stops and starts. But thank you so much, Vince Lee and Beth Wakefield from the Illinois Symphony Orchestra for being here today on Community Voices. To listen to past Community Voices segments, visit nprillinois.org. Community Voices airs weekdays at noon and Saturdays at 5 p.m. Production assistance is provided by the Community Voices team, Randy Eccles, Vanessa Ferguson, and Tim Bowen. I'm Bee Bonner. Thanks for listening, and good afternoon. <laughs>